and welcome to Calming the Chaos podcast, where we talk with people around the world who can help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor, certified eating disorder specialist, and advanced clinical hypnotherapist. Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help resources and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I'm talking to Leslie Davis, as she is an author, a wife, and a mother, and her book is called You Can't Eat Love. And this is a book that teaches you how to love yourself and improve your relationship with food. And she'll be giving us her story and some information about her and uh, some tips, tools, and techniques that she uses in order to find a greater love for herself and improve her relationship with food. We're going to start here with some information about Leslie. I just asked her, like, who are you and what made you write this book? And check it out. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're at today, and we can go from there. Well, I'm a, a wife and a mother, you know, like so many other people who are listening, and uh, like so many other people, about six or seven years ago, I hit one of those points in my life where I was either going to continue going down a not very good path, or I was going to make a change, and uh, you want to talk about chaos, holy cow. And I made a decision that I was going to be the very best me that I possibly could be. And what that meant was I um, needed to get healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I tell people, if I would have known how difficult that was going to be, I don't know that I would have ever started. But like so many other things that we do in our life, especially when we're facing any kind of chaos, when we face the chaos, we don't know uh, all the uh, difficulties we're going to encounter. We don't know all the choices, the options, the decisions. We just simply face the chaos and start moving through it. It's kind of like, uh, to me, it's like, you know, the kids have taken all the toys off the shelf and they've emptied out all the buckets and the baskets and all that. And you walk into the room and it looks like this a big mess and you just start picking up one thing at a time and dealing with it one thing at a time. And that's kind of what I did. I started picking up one thing at a time and dealing with it one thing at a time and not really looking at the giant picture. I call it Swiss cheesing. Um, take little tiny bites, celebrate the win on that little tiny bite and you know, move forward. I'm wondering about that concept of picking things up one piece at a time, because some people are likely to maybe look at the chaos and say, I'm freaking out now. This is way too much for me to handle. I can't do it. I give up. I quit. I don't know if you've ever been there, but can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, oh, holy cow. You know, when uh, over and over and over again, I would encounter some kind of mess or disaster. And I would say, you know, it's just too much. I can't deal with it. And one of the things that I discovered on this journey was if I just pause, just take a deep breath, look at what is one thing I can do right now. 
Um, and even when it came to making decisions on what I was going to eat and changing my eating habits, also changing my thought pattern habits. Um, what is one thing I can do right now that I'm going to see a difference and then celebrate that one thing. Uh, for example, with regard to my thoughts, which were, I hope, talk about chaotic, I would say, okay, today you're going to um, focus on just drinking some water, and then we're going to celebrate every time you drink a glass of water. All right, well, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but if you're a person who's not drinking a lot of water, and you talk to all the health experts, and they'll tell you, you know, water is good for you, and it is good for you. Um, just the fact, you know, that I drank several glasses of water instead of Diet Coke and coffee, and then celebrate those things. And I talk about celebrating a lot. And the reason that I talk about celebrating a lot is because when we are facing that explosion in the toy room, if we have been celebrating the little things, well, then we know that we can tackle those small things and eventually they will add up and we just keep celebrating the wins and we don't focus on the big picture. Tell us how you would celebrate yourself after you had, like you chose water over something else and you celebrated. How did you celebrate? Uh, well, a lot of times I just do a simple, you know, look at you. Yay. I'm so proud of you. And, and that was just amazing. And look at you. You did it. You did it. You know, just that, that kind of celebration. Because, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else. But let me tell you something. You start telling me that I can't do something and I'm going to turn into that four-year-old kid in the middle of Walmart throwing a temper tantrum when mom says I can't have a coloring book. Yep. And even if I didn't really want the thing that you're telling me I can't have, suddenly it's all that I want. Yeah, game on, right? Game on. <laughs> yes. so one of the things that I realized um, on my journey was that I was using food as my drug of choice um, because I didn't know how and I was afraid to face mental and emotional pain. Um, and one of the things that I talk about in the book is I was really good with anger and being mad. I did not have the experience to, you know, to understand and be able to sit in a sadness, joy, happiness, any of those other things. And because it created tension inside of myself, I wanted to relieve the tension in the way that I did it was with food. Because what that would then do is it would set off the shaming. Because, uh, you know, when you eat a whole bag of barbecue potato chips and onion dip, how are you really going to feel? Let's be really honest. You're going to be ashamed that you didn't control yourself. Or I was going to, I was ashamed. I didn't control myself. What the heck were you doing? What were you thinking? And then all that shaming started. But I was very good at being ashamed because I had been told through most of my life, you should be ashamed, et cetera, et cetera. And so I used food to, to numb pain. So I had to learn how not to be afraid to name my emotions and how not to be afraid to sit in the emotions. And the way that I started doing that was I realized that I had what I call a myself-sized hole in my heart and I was filling it with food. 
And it was only when I started learning to love myself and talking to myself as my very best friend in the whole wide world and being kind to myself that the need for that drug of choice started easing up. I'm not going to lie to you and say that that desire has gone totally away because there are moments when uh, my emotions get ahead of me and I'm looking for that thing in the pantry. And sometimes, you know, I'll eat three or four bags of the small bags of chips before I catch myself and say, wait a minute, what is really going on? And then have that conversation. Yeah, one of your favorite sayings is, uh, put this bus in park, let's look at what's really going on here. And I think that's a great example. And, and that was when, you know, I had came to the realization that food was my drug of choice. Yeah. Um, I wanted to stop the pain. And people who haven't struggled emotionally can't understand that. I mean, my husband can take one bite of ice cream and walk away and he's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't struggle with the same emotional pain that I do. And when you're struggling with emotional pain, it's not something that anybody can see. You can't really go to a doctor and say, you know, it hurts when I do this. And the doctor says, well, don't do that. Um, and, and then you can't always find a willing listener um, when you're struggling with emotional pain, because sometimes your friends, your family get tired of hearing you talking about that emotional pain. They're like, get over it, get over it. But the truth of the matter is the way that we get through the emotional pain is by having conversations and by affirming ourselves and telling ourselves, you know what, you are lovable, you are worthy, you're an amazing person. That's how we get through that pain instead of saying, you can't feel that way. Well, you found the connection between I'm eating when I'm not hungry. Uh, something emotionally is going on with me. I'm struggling with emotional pain and I'm using food to cope with that as my drug of choice. And so then how did you learn how to heal it? Uh, well, it was actually as a consequence of feeling like nobody was giving me what I wanted. And what I wanted was to feel, you know, this unconditional love from from my family. Um, I wanted to feel as if they loved me no matter what, no matter the circumstance or anything like that. And I started thinking, okay, well, why am I not getting what it is that I'm wanting? And then I said, well, you don't even love yourself. So how in the heck can you expect other people to give to you what you are not willing to give to yourself? Um, And so it was through, you know, the little tiny celebrations and things like that, that I started having um, a relationship with myself and building a relationship with myself and telling myself how amazing I was. And I talk about this in the book, but it was at uh, Valentine's and I'd gone to the grocery store and I was picking up cards, you know, to send out to friends and family. And I saw a card and I said, oh, it'd be so nice if I got this card in the mail. I would really appreciate it and I would enjoy it. And I put it back on the shelf and I turned around and walked away and I got to the end of the aisle. And I said, 
why don't you get that card and send it to yourself? And I want to say that was like a major turning point in the whole thing. Um, because I went back, I picked up the card, and it really, it cost more money than what I would have spent, but I, I just had to have the card. And I got home, put away the cold stuff, sat down with my favorite pen, and wrote a letter to myself from myself and told myself how amazing I was and how much I loved myself and how proud I was. Even now, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about it, because that was really the first time when I had that strong connection that I didn't love myself. And so how could I expect anybody else to? Yeah, and, and just a simple process, but so profound, right? To be able to ask yourself, what is it that I really am wanting? And then to go even further and, and, and challenge yourself and say, am I giving that to myself even? Mm -hmm. uh, and so just those two questions can become a, a, just a really rich source of introspection, self-reflection, and then action. Because guess what? Then we see a card in the store and we not only buy it, but we write it out to ourselves. I just love, love, love that idea. So cool. Well, and and I, I do it still, you know, every now and then. Every now and then I, you know, pick up a card and write a note to myself and then I pull them out and I read them on occasion to remind myself, you know, you're an amazing person. Look how wonderful you are. And there's nothing, you know, that. And I, I have to say, part part of, I think, the societal issues are that we believe that if we are, quote unquote, tooting our own horns, that we are, um, that that's not a good thing. But truthfully, if we are not celebrating us, we cannot expect other people to celebrate us. And, you know, included in calming the chaos is understanding we can only control us. We, we are only in charge of us. And so if we're not getting the things or our life isn't going in the way that we want it to, what is it that we are giving ourselves? What are we doing? How are we treating ourselves? How are we talking to ourselves? And then let's back the bus up. This time we're backing it up and figure out, you know, what do we need to do to go forward again? Yeah, yeah. So put the bus in park and then back it up. Yeah. Right. And yep. and so often we have to do that before we can move move forward. So right. let's talk about your book and about what caused you to write the book. And as you're talking, I'll go ahead and uh, pull up on the screen a link to your website so we could see all of your uh, your good stuff here. So yeah, why don't you talk about this book here? You can't eat love. Uh, well, a couple of years back, um, our, our <coughs> mother died about 37 years ago, and Mother's Day was always very, very difficult for me because my first Mother's Day without her was my first Mother's Day as a mother. So I struggled with Mother's Day. And my youngest sister had commented one time that she usually made a chocolate meringue pie from our long secret family recipe. And I would do the same thing and see if it didn't help. Anyway, the day after Mother's Day, I was having this pie for breakfast, and yes, it does qualify. It's got eggs and milk and all that stuff in it, so it's a breakfast food, right? Um, and as I was eating the pie, uh, these different memories and emotions and things 
came flooding over me and I grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and ended up writing what became the first three paragraphs of the book talking about I could, you know, the memories and things like this. And I realized you can't eat love. You know, what you're looking for are the memories and the food was associated with all that. So um, I stuck that away. And then when the, the world shut down and everything, somebody kept telling me, you know, I had told them about these three paragraphs and they said, you should write a book about that. And um, other people had kept asking me, you know, how did you lose all this weight? And I would tell them and they'd say, no, really, tell me what you really did. You know, they didn't believe that what I did was learn to love myself, change my relationship with food. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, as a consequence, I wrote the book, which is about my actual journey um, that I went on and the things that I discovered and what I learned. Yeah, that is the subtitle of your book, How Learning to Love Yourself Can Change Your Relationship with Food. So that's pretty intriguing. And, and people don't really accept a simple solution like that, right? Like me loving myself is going to change my relationship with food. That just sounds too simplistic or maybe even impossible for some people. Well, they're looking for a magic pill. They're looking for a magic, you know, some magic, quick, fix solution and the truth of the matter is, just like anything that's worth doing, it's going to be difficult, um, but it's worth doing. And if you want to have permanent, long-changing results, you have to do the hard work of the hard work. You can't just flip a switch and expect it to, to stick. Right, right. Yeah, so for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see the image on the website of the book by Leslie Davis, You Can't Eat Love, How Learning to Love Yourself Can Change Your Relationship with Food. And you can uh, purchase it on her website. I'm not sure if it's available on Amazon as well, but this yeah. is her website here. Yeah, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's also available um, as an ebook on Nook and Kobo and uh, several of the other sites, but all of the sites that it's available on are on the website. Great. Yeah. And you have a wonderful website as well. Um, and I love uh, this website. So uh, in addition to that, there's uh, the contact information and uh, there's also, I believe it's under this. Yes. There's some communities that you have started on Facebook and on Instagram. You want to tell us a little bit about those? Oh, there's some of your Instagram pictures mm -hmm. right here. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, the the Facebook there are two Facebook groups one is private and one is uh, public facing but they're both you can't eat love and um, on both of them I offer I have videos and other posts you know just to inspire you because my main objective is to help you stay in your car don't park it don't get out don't walk home um, because the the journey that you're on is a journey. And while you may reach your goal, that simply opens the door to create another goal. And I want you to know that you're not alone and that you're, you are enough just as you are. Yes, and such cool sayings here on, on this. And so the Facebook group is private, which means that a person could go to the Facebook page and request that they be permitted as a member. Is that what you mean? 
That that's correct. There is one okay. that's public facing, and then there's one that's private facing. So both of them are you can eat love, and the the private one you request um, to come in. Yeah, and you did send me a copy of your book, which you know it's very engaging. Uh, the way that you wrote it is very, very personal but fun, and and it's oh, not you. a fun subject. But you tell stories, and you you tell about your experiences. You also talk about your uh, you know just tips and tools, practical things that you can do uh, with uh, with regard to trying to get to love yourself and also freeing yourself from the chaos that happens when you are emotionally eating. Well, and also, um, you know, recognizing that we are, we are human beings and as human beings, we are not perfect. Uh, and, and we're focusing more on progress, not perfection and forgiving yourself because truthfully life is chaotic. Life is messy. Um, and if we are not doing life messy and in the middle of chaos, we're not doing life. So learning to forgive yourself and say, you know what, I messed up right then. It's okay. Let's keep moving forward. And for those of you who are interested in Leslie's website, that is, it's a very simple, uh, you can't eat love.com. And it would be great to uh, visit and just learn a little bit more about Leslie, see some of her Instagram pictures. She does have, this is the Facebook group. And I believe, is that the public one or the private one? This is the, one. the public one. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and take a visit there. That's just facebook.com. Or you can be on Facebook and search You Can Eat Love, and it'll come up in the search mm -hmm. bar. And also on Instagram. Again, I think just searching for You Can Eat Love is probably going to bring you up. Is that to, is that, that to correct? That's right. That's correct. It'll bring me up everywhere. And please do, you know, drop in message me. You can message me from the, the website. You can email me from the website if you want to message me from Facebook. And I will answer you. If you have a question, I will answer you. I had somebody say, you're a real person. Yes, I'm a real person. <laughs> right. I know when I asked you for your social media contacts, you did give me your email address as well. And I thought, I don't know if she wants people to know that, but I think it's all on your website anyway. It so it might as well it just is. put it up here. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Of mm -hmm. course, it is Leslie at youcaneatlove.com. I guess what I want to know from you is what you would tell a person who's just starting out on a journey to, to notice what's going on with their relationship with food and themselves is some of the things that you may tell just a beginner on the journey. Um, I would say first thing that you need to pick up is a pen and a notebook of some kind so that you can start having conversations with yourself, because if you're going to go on the journey, I want you to not, okay, you can make a decision how far you're going to go. If you're looking at weight loss, let's pretend you want to lose 10 pounds, but let's not focus on the 10 pounds. Let's focus on one pound at a time. But the first thing that I would suggest is get the notebook, get a pen and put it somewhere so that each day you have a little tiny conversation with yourself and you celebrate the wins and you talk to yourself about the not so great things that happened mm -hmm. um, so that you can begin to understand the patterns of your thoughts 
and start overcoming some of that negative thinking. Because what we want to do is we want to replace a lot of those old tapes in our head with new positive thoughts. And so let's celebrate those wins. Meet you where you are right now. Right now, this today, this is where you are. And say, okay, today, this is where I am. This is who I am. This is what I am. But you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to be someplace else. But meet you where you are today, not where you think you should be. And eliminate, please, please, please. I think we should strike it from the dictionary. Eliminate the word should from your vocabulary, please. Right, right. My husband would wholeheartedly agree with that. He he says you should eliminate shoulds. And there's, there's my eye roll to my husband right there, but uh, right. So uh, here's another one of Leslie's favorite phrases. When you hit a traffic jam in life, don't park your car, don't get out, don't walk home. And so just because things get tough, doesn't mean you have to quit. You can love yourself through any chaos. You can love yourself through any traffic jams that you encounter in life. And that's that's so encouraging. I'm I'm wondering if your Facebook group or community, do you have a part of that that is supportive or encouraging each other, or is that for another venue, a, a support group? No, no, they, you know, there is support in there where people encourage each other, and um, I go in there and encourage people as well. So yes, they are. There's encouragement in there, and you know, if we if we look at life, you know, as you said. Just, just like driving down the road, you're going to hit a traffic jam. And so many times we throw our hands up and say, you know what, I went to that party and I blew my whole diet, so now I'm just going to quit. No. You, you went to a party, you enjoyed yourself, you made some choices. Tomorrow's another day, we start again. Let's just keep going forward. Don't, don't quit, don't give up. And remind yourself, if you're on the freeway, you're not going to park your car, get out and walk home. So why are you doing Right. Now that's great when you pose it as a question. Right. Now that's great when you pose it as a question. Why are you giving up on life and your life goals when you wouldn't give up and park the car, simply walk home when you're in a traffic jam? You would work through it. It would be tough. It would take a while. What a wonderful metaphor uh, to use. And again, an automobile uh, metaphor that you're using. <laughs> Well, I'd like to talk in stories that people can understand. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I really uh, admire and appreciate about your book. I still haven't gotten through all of it, but it is really super captivating to read for any oh, of you, you who wants to, to. Yeah, it's very easy read. And um, again, it's it's always nice to hear people's stories and and the personal experiences people have. But one of my goals and objectives in the next couple of months is um, to clean out the attic. So that's going to cause a little bit of chaos. But I know what I'm doing. I will pick it up one piece at a time and I will do what needs to be done. And when I finish, it'll all be back on the shelves. You know, it would be really super cool is if you were able to document some of that on YouTube. I've I've been wanting to do that with my own uh, walk-in closet, with the, the clothes mm -hmm. closet. And I thought, gosh, I'm too embarrassed to do that. <laughs> Maybe you could do it, though. Uh, you know what? I'm open for anything. <laughs>
<laughs> well, I think it, it's it's good to illustrate that one piece at a time. Like here I am. I'm look. Here's what it looks like when I'm. I haven't even started the project yet, and so let's go in there and let's look at Leslie doing things one piece at a time, rewarding herself, telling herself, "Yay, you found a home for this item," or "You you're going to donate that item." And because I know a lot of people get really super overwhelmed, even at that that visual picture of. A, a garage or a closet or an attic or something that needs to be straightened up in their homes. I guess if you had a tip for, for people besides the one piece at a time, just for that initial overwhelm, like how do you talk yourself into even putting your hand out there and getting that first piece? Um, what I do is the same thing I used to do with my kids. I set a timer on the microwave for 10 minutes. And I tell myself, and this room that I'm sitting in right now, um, six months ago, you couldn't walk past the door because you wouldn't believe what I was in here. Um, anyway, I set a timer on the microwave for 10 minutes. And I say, okay, you've got 10 minutes, go do whatever you can in, in 10 minutes time. And then I would do whatever I could in 10 minutes time. The thing would go off and I'd say, oh, okay, that's over with. And I would say, look at what you did in 10 minutes. That was so amazing. Now, in either the next day or later on in the day, we're going to do 10 minutes again. And then after I've done several 10-minute sessions, then I'm like, okay, now I think we can handle 15 minutes. And I'll you know, bump up the time until I'm like, you know what? I'm doing all right right now. Turn off the timer on the microwave. Keep going until I hit that point where I'm like, um, no, no, this is as far as we can go and walk away and say, look how much you did. It is so amazing. I'm so proud of you. It's been really great having you here today. And I'm wondering if you have any other products or services that you think that you want to offer our audience. Um, I do offer individual coaching sessions and that information is on the website. I will work one-on-one -on -one with people. Uh, and mainly what I focus on is helping them discover their very best friend in the whole wide world and figuring out, you know, an eating plan that'll work for them. Um, and then I recently published a coloring book um, because, you know, hey, why not? Why not color, right? Uh, and and uh, I'm always willing to talk to anyone if somebody has a question or a challenge, you know, just reach out. I'm right here. Do you have any other uh, books in the future? Any other things that you'd like to write about or any other special projects that you're planning? Well, I'm finishing up Zombie Siege, which was created from a bunch of Facebook posts that I did when the pandemic started, just pictures of the dogs and then little after military style after action reports that I created. Um, so that should be published before the end of the year. It sounds like you've got a lot, a really lot of stuff going on in your Facebook group. So it's uh, seems like a place to go. Check it out, and so yeah. just go onto your Facebook page, and and you can't eat love and see what's going on there. Again, it was great seeing you today. I appreciate you being here uh, on Calming the Chaos, and uh, I wish you the best. I really do, and uh, I know that our viewers are going to be interested in hearing what you have to say. Well, thank you so much. And I just want to say to everyone that's listening, just remember, until you believe it, I will believe it for you. But you are enough. You are enough just as you are.
And I'll say it that I believe it for everybody listening too. You are enough just as you are. Thank you so much again, Leslie, for being with us today on Calming the Chaos. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If the information in this podcast has been helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can also go to our podcast website at www.calmingthechaospodcast.com, where you can listen to all Calming the Chaos podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.